so as most of you saw the last podcast, you could not see the sign, even though I said, look at the sign. <laughs> um, but now you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was completely blurred over. I'm like, look at the sign. It was just, it had to, uh, had to adjust the exposure. Yeah, but you guys could use your imagination and figure out what it might look like. We have it now. Why do you imagine? <laughs> we figured it out, man. I feel like yeah. I feel like Dora. <laughs> uh, yeah. Can you find the sign? <laughs> yeah. So we have a great episode planned today. Um, lots to talk about. Um, we kind of want to get into self confidence and self respect and things like that. Dante wanted to touch on some of those things, so um, we hope you enjoy. <laughs> Welcome back to the Born Broke Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok for latest podcast clips and podcast updates. And listen to our latest episode on Spotify. Now let's get to the show. All right, all right. So today's episode is mostly about like um, just confidence in oneself, self-respect, kind of pride in, pride in your name even. It's one of the, like I would say pride in your name is probably one of the things that made me kind of more serious as a person. Because when I, I remember when I joined the army, we would, you would get two different things, right? They'd be like, um, like you, yeah, you have the army on you, but there's a reason your name is on the other side. Mm. And they would always say that. They'd be like, you know, they always remind you, like, you're still you despite what you're going through. So kind of like trying to get you that self-confidence. Like, like when I, um, so in the army to get promoted to like um, a sergeant, you have to go to, to a promotion board. And one of the things I used to say is, you're not here to see them. They're here to see you. You know, and that's one of the things that stuck with me. It was super dope. Yeah, because I think, I think uh, that's a really great thing that they told you because I think a lot of the times, aren't they trying to beat the individual out of you? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like great that they, they keep, they, you know, they also let, letting like, you know that you have a last name. Like, like, you know, because like um, people... I, I, before I joined the army, I was like, "It's just a twenty-four hour job. You never go home. You work mm-hmm. like you just, you know." But obviously, that was wrong. And I told my recruiter that he was like, "What the? Fuck are you, talking <laughs> <about>? <laughs> you thought it was nonstop, like nonstop, just around the clock? Just you showing up and doing whatever you got to do. Because <laughs> you know how, like, if you watch, like, because uh, I didn't, I never watched like war movies or regular, you know, military. Like, I didn't see Full Metal Jacket until like." I was literally like I think I was like 21 or something like that Yeah So I never got like the No Saving Private Ryan None of that Not until I was in my 20s No Hurt Locker Nope Damn <laughs> And uh, so everything I had in my head Was like from further back Movies were like They never came home They were always deployed for like Years You yeah. know So <laughs> Yeah <laughs> So And look And look you should, and My dude was like I mean my recruiter heard that was like and you still wanted to join? Yeah. You had this crazy perception of the military and you still joined. I'm down for all that. Oh, I was. Yeah. It was funny. So where, where do you think self, self-confidence self can, can relay into, you know, our personal lives now? Like, where do you think, where do you think that's taken you? Uh, I, I would say 
I'm. <clears throat> it gets rid of the, the doubts. It's less. It's less back and forth in your own head. Am I ready? Did I do enough to get ready? It's more like I did this. I did that. I'm gonna go in here and do my thing. Have you heard of imposter syndrome? No. So imposter syndrome is when somebody's on their way to be successful, or they're already, you know, a success, or they're working on something, and they start to get a little good at it. Um, what imposter syndrome is is thinking that you're not capable of your current abilities. Like you think you're a fraud, mm. or you think you're just, you know, you're winging it or some shit. Even if you have all the knowledge and capabilities of someone that can be a high level individual at whatever your craft is. Having imposter syndrome is like always thinking like, man, you know, this person wants me to, you know, complete this task for him. I don't even know if I'm even able to do that. Or like in my case, real estate, um, let's say a person approaches me with like a high level property, like a Mm -hmm. million dollar house. You know, I've sold houses. I Mm -hmm. could just be like, if I had imposter syndrome, be like, you know, I sold houses, but, you know, I don't even think I'm capable of selling a property like that. Mm -hmm. So it's just something like that that can really damage confidence yeah i would you just gotta have a little pride in yourself mm-hmm. I, you know of course, that's how you stop that yeah. yeah of course there's a point where you got too much like you just now you're like now you're calling, arrogant yeah, now, now you're saying i'm him <laughs> <laughs> females hate that yeah isn't that crazy hemothy like you start <laughs> they hate they hate the confident male but they want to be with a confident one you mm-hmm. know but that's also that's a weird dynamic to me that you see females that they're always talking like oh i hate Males that say I'm him or whatever, whatever, but those are the ones they want they want to be with because those are the confident protectors, yeah, providers like you know strong minded, because they just believe they can do anything. So I, thought, I always thought that dynamic was awkward. You know what I think? I think um, the way maybe I don't even know how I wanna <laughs> how I wanna say this. Well, he's on thin ice. Yeah, I'm, I'm on thin ice here. <laughs> I don't know. I just think as men, we're being showed things about women mm-hmm. that probably aren't true. You know, the perception. Not, what do you mean? Um, meaning like how how society is, is creating images like, okay, for example, hot girl, you know, the whole hot girl oh, he's thing. On, he's on hot girl, city girls. Yeah. And they up on me. Tell you what. <laughs> so like, so and then all like the red pill guys that are talking yeah. about you know all these different things in different podcasts. Oh, it's it's kind of like they're going against each other. Yeah, but you see both. You never see in between, really. That's what I'm saying. So society is is, is um you know showing this image to young men, with you know every girl is a hot girl type of thing. Mm. So then it's making men more you know, likely to hold back and not want to get in a relationship and mm-hmm. vice versa. Like you said, um, uh, with women wanting, uh, wanting a confident man, but then mm-hmm. when they're approached with one that, you know, it doesn't seem I would right. Say, I would say every time I do see one of like the woman that would, that doesn't, it's usually like a money thing. They'd be like, if he, if he makes like, you know, I don't know, 10,000 a month or whatever, you know, I, I love to be with them or whatever. They, they, they're starting to have a financial, you know, points that the male has to meet but i'm starting to see it more and more frequent like if he doesn't make this much i can't be with him i think that centers around but i mostly see this um, every time i see it it's like college students yeah i don't know i don't i wonder if it's just because like maybe they see them themselves at a certain level of success and they want their partner to either be above Mm. or you know equal I i think a lot of the things like that with like the um 
stereotypes of certain women that want certain things mm -hmm. from a guy. I think what it centers from is like uh, almost like uh, the idea that is like um, the the Prince Charming effect. I just coined that just now. You know, like you see in, in trademark. Yeah, trade <laughs> trademark that. Uh, I'm trying to articulate this point, but I'm having trouble. The the Prince Charming effect. So like they're trying to live a fantasy. I wouldn't say fantasy because it's quite possible that they can find men like this. You know, certain things happen. But my point is like uh, the the Prince in Shining Armor. You know, let's say there's a romantic movie about this guy. He comes from old money. His family has money. Um, and he's all ripped up and jacked up and things like that. Mm -hmm. I feel like maybe that idea stems from something like that, like the idea that's being pushed to women that's the proper ideal, you know, as aspects of men that they want. Vice versa to us, too. I mean, there's mm -hmm. a certain level of um, idea of what an attractive woman should look like mm -hmm. that's spewed all over the Internet and all over everywhere else. So, I mean, we're not exactly innocent of it either. I don't know. With the whole simp movement, it's like every woman's just like that. Uh, so when it comes to like the physical appearance of a woman in this day and age, I've lost that this is what women should look like thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Kind of back in, I would say 2020 is when like, because Lizzo was popping off and that's like, what's what? And the, around it, like the more she was growing, the more like the idea was coming out. And over time, it just kind of like disappeared when it came to like the female body type of you're saying with you or you think with every, I would, everything I would, I would say with me because of the way it was being presented because like what if i slipped off one day put on a couple of extra pounds or whatever whatever mm. so it's, it's hearing the narratives from both directions and then you find like a video that explains it super good or whatever you come up on the thought and i was just eventually like oh okay you know that's the word i was looking for narrative mm -hmm. the narrative that's being pushed to both you know, sides. See what, you see what I do for you? Yeah. <laughs> Prince Charming effect. <laughs> but I think some, I, I truly believe that sometimes you have to realize that the fantasy in your mind is from a life that no longer exists. I feel like people are failing to see that. People do not live that way anymore. These are not the 19, you know, 1800s where houses are male dominant you know, jobs, exactly, the, yeah. the jobs and housing market are kind of, you know, pretty equal and like Coca-Cola don't cost, you know, <laughs> it don't mm -hmm. cost me the 10. Yeah, it don't cost no 10. <laughs> like the, they took the cocaine out. Yeah. yeah <laughs> this ain't the same. No, it don't cost a nickel no so, more. So you have, you have to at some point realize that you have to kind of be more a part of the fantasy, whereas you're kind of letting it happen to you. Like, I want the house, I want the, the dogs, the kids. You kind of have to work a little bit now. Like, mm -hmm. you both, like, it, it's hard to just find somebody there already. Uh, the man is already put together. He has this huge, nice paying job, whatever, whatever. It's a little, not as much because the, the college population is mostly female dominant. It's been that way for years, these past few years. So, you, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta look yeah, real hard. You guys both have to grow together. <laughs> like, you gotta look real hard. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, when it when it comes to to having self confidence, mm -hmm. I think what I found is you know being a man, um, you know a lot of the things I've struggled with like confidence wise have stemmed from me not wanting to play into that arrogant male role. If that makes sense, 
because I think I, I'm I'm a very you know laid back mm-hmm. and uh, what's the word I'm looking for like compassionate person and like mm-hmm. real easygoing outgoing and things like that open-minded um, open-minded yes mm-hmm. um so i do have confidence i have confidence in who i've you know become as a person uh now but i think what i struggled with in the past was like i like identified as this nice guy you know what i mean mm-hmm. so there was no in between for me of being this you know confident guy you know look people in the eyes and things like that it was just like it was just fucking be the nice guy because you're the nice guy you know what i mean um and then i think the more i realized um I, what why your mic wet <laughs> why is it why is it wet like that what did you do <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry i just noticed and i was like is, it, is he is he clammy like is he just <laughs> Fucking puddle on my mic. <laughs> 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 this fucking mic's funny shit. Take it off. What, is take it, what? Is, it, <laughs> is it the hoodie? <laughs> I don't know what the fuck it is. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? I thought it was radiating heat. <laughs> it's just fucking light. Look, the light's right on my ass. If the shit gets wet again, just ignore it. Yeah, pause. Get some not so. Don't never say that to me again. <laughs> anyway, com- confidence. Something I don't have. I'm looking at a camera with nobody in the room, and my hand is sweating. By the way, um. <laughs> I'm sweating like this and we're doing a podcast in my freaking room and I'm gonna be on the news tomorrow that thousands of people are gonna see <laughs> my fucking hand <laughs> the whole office is gonna flood <laughs> the fucking hand man oh we never we never talked about the uh, David Goggins thing either oh we can get or do to you that. Wanna, or do you wanna wait until we actually get into it Oh no, we we can get to that in a in, in a second. Okay. Let me let me finish that point about um the news. No, before that about um uh, basically what I was trying to say about self confidence is because I was trying to be like this nice guy and identify and embody that I felt like I couldn't you know be both or whatever or that it was wrong to be like this confident. I don't know if you think I'm. I don't know if you know what I'm trying to say. Like, I felt like confidence was arrogance. But now I know it's not. It's oh, just, I see you're just saying. You're you're, you're 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 thinking of like the guys that were always like, you know, look at my car, look at my yeah, house. I thought okay, okay, okay. I associated and connotated confidence with an arrogant guy, but really, it's really not like that. You should have some pride as a man. You should mm-hmm. you know who you are when you leave in the house. You know what I mean? You should know what you're about. So, so yeah, and to spike up our confidence, and to have ourselves experience hard things and get used to doing hard things. Dante and I are actually doing a challenge, and we're doing it in April. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great. It was his idea. So <laughs> I'm reading the book Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins, or I'm listening to it. Um, and I actually saw an interview of him. So this part, this challenge wasn't from the book, but it was from a podcast where 
he does a challenge, which is four miles every four hours for 48 hours. 64 miles. 64 miles in two days. So. It's not bad. No, I think we got it. Yeah, it just, it just sucks that it's every four hours. That's the thing I'm thinking of is, one, how many showers am I taking? <laughs> you know what I mean? Or am I taking one after the first half and the second <laughs> half? The second thing is, I'm not going to be sleeping in all those hours. No, there's no way. We'd miss it. So it's like, what am I doing in between? Chilling? But then if you chill too much, you might not. You won't want to get up. You won't want to get up. So what do we We just sit there and look at the road. <laughs> We're outside for 48 hours. Yeah. We never go back in the house. Yeah, no. We just become cavemen. Like out there in the wilderness. Come back with fully grown beards. <laughs> <laughs> it's only been two days. No. I, I would, so, let's get back on topic really quick. So, uh, I would say for for people who don't have a lot of confidence, it's de- it's harder to keep what you have. Like, it's definitely easier for someone to come in your life and be and take it away from you. Like whatever comes you have in self, and then you, I think people like that are the ones that become dependent upon someone else to give them confidence. And I feel like that's definitely the wrong. You're saying relationship-wise, just anything. Like it could be a relationship with anybody, father, dad, friend, whatever. Someone, someone validating your every thought, and you become dependent upon. Oh, on validation, like not confidence in your own, confident in your own decisions. Exactly, and And then and then you become like I, I see it so many times. It gets to the point to where. You might hear something opposing from someone else, but you know this person, no matter what, is going to validate your every thought. So now you're, you're you're throwing away what other people are saying and always going back to that one person. Even if you're wrong in the situation, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, but I see your side. You know? And I feel like you need to avoid the, that type of relationship and those that way of thinking because you'd be so, so close-minded. And I think that, that, that starts to borderline into like kind of like a narcissistic, you know, mindset. Oh, thinking that you're always right. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. Because when you always when you have someone always there to tell you you're right. Uh, yes, you're man. You're good. Exactly. It, it it that's not the best thing. You get arrogant. Despite what people may think, like oh, you always need somebody in your corner to to tell you the truth, <laughs> not yeah. not to not to you know. That that's one of the things I appreciate about my my relationship is like. She's not going to tell me everything I do is mm-hmm. fucking great. Like, she's told me things about the podcast that we put out that were, like, extremely truthful. Or, like, she's told me things that I'm doing, uh, like, in my business. Mm-hmm. Or, like, this this one thing I was trying to create, this one uh, side business, told me, like, a certain thing didn't look right. So I appreciate the honesty mm-hmm. because, like you said, like, you could go out there and just put out everything this one opinion is mm-hmm. telling you that's mm-hmm. great. While also not taking in your own thoughts and like being like, is it great? Or are they just always telling mm-hmm. me yes? Yeah, I think on the same thing, on the same note, uh, that reliance you're talking about. Yeah. When I first started in real estate, I was constantly asking my broker for advice on every single thing, and like needing that validation for each decision I made. Mm-hmm. Um, and one, well, one, you know, it's smart to do that your first year, but even like. I would say within the last six months, like I've, you know, had a lot of learning. I still call myself at times calling her about shit that I could have just thought of in my head. So I've been slowly getting out of that, like making my own decisions, not even telling her about it because I didn't want that, like that reliance or codependency on, you know, I wanted that my own confidence in my decisions and know that what I'm doing for my clients is perfect. Yeah. 
That's dope. I like that. Yeah. I like that you had that experience, man. Well, yeah, you have to. You have to. I say, I would. I would definitely say, I, I, would, I wanted that, but, <laughs> but sports-wise, but it's a good thing that I never got that. That's why I love sports and coaches because even, even like you're, you're achieving things, you're doing great, you're getting awards, but they're not gonna overdo, you know, the celebration of you. And it kind of it keeps you humble. Uh, I, I like that aspect of coaching. And it's not even like they're not doing it on purpose. They literally just like that's it's like to them that's all it deserves. Like okay, you won, you celebrated. Yeah, they've seen we, stuff. Yeah, we got practice next week. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And I love that aspect from sports. That's why I love sports. That's why I want my kids to do sports. So they understand like you don't need to have a, a cheering squad every single time, and it won't always be there. I th- yeah. W- I mean, when you mentioned sports, I mean, that's like your time to develop confidence because one of the things I regretted for a while mm-hmm. was my sophomore year, the whole summer uh, leading into sophomore year of basketball, you know, I just had my head to the ground and I was working all summer, you know, shooting drills, dribbling drills, all this stuff. And uh, and I got taller too, so it was like everything happened for me that summer. Yeah, little, I got a little confidence. Yeah, I had there. a little handle. I was so confident going into the into the year. You know, I went into practice. I was doing you know good in practice, summer camp, everything like that. Um, and then so there's like an A and B team in freshman year, and uh, I was on the B team freshman year, but there was no A and B team sophomore year. You just had to get minutes. You know, mm-hmm. you had to make the team, and that's the team. You know, it's not two teams with 18 kids per team where everybody fucking makes it. Um, so anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I digress. Go ahead, go ahead. Sophomore year, I finally had my shine to do, uh, to get some playing time. And it was like one of the first tournaments of the year. And I'm like, you know, this could be my only shot. Mm-hmm. A lot of kids are more athletic than me. They're bigger. Um, you know, they might be stronger. I was super skinny. So, to my surprise, I get the start in this game. Um, the team wasn't, the team we were playing wasn't insanely good or anything. So, I got the start. Man, so I go out there, man, rip off like five threes, score 20 points, right? Went crazy. I was turning the fuck up. Hit a game winner mm. at the buzzer. Mm. So, you know, my confidence was just through the roof, and I'm like, okay, now I got some minutes for sure. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way they could deny me some minutes. Like, I went crazy. Mm-hmm. Next game is Belvedere Belvedere, which is like the fucking, you know, like Lakers and Celtics. <laughs> So I I get in the game at, like, the six-man spot. Mm-hmm. So I didn't start. I didn't expect to start in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I come in there, and uh, I'm wide open, first play, air ball three. And I got benched right away. Because <laughs> sit, sit down. <laughs> well, I think, no, I think I blew a defensive play after that, too. Mm-hmm. The point the point I'm trying to make here is so after that for the rest of the season I had sparse minutes mm. like this right and I feel like you know I had that big moment and I let it slip and I thought that was the only reason that you know it killed my confidence the entire year mm. was that like I felt like if I would have hit that shot or played you know it would have been different like I could have just kept building upon this um, and. You know, it's imp- it's important that once you get confidence, you can get a big head because I expected minutes even after that and kept going and kept going and kept going and, you know, in every game and expecting 
you know, sometimes. So, uh, yeah, I just, it's one of the things I regret because I feel like if I would just stay confident and not, you know, felt like I failed right away, then yeah. it would have been a different outcome. But it was, it's, a, it's also the journey that's important. Like, if you never went through any of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah you see me. But it's also the <laughs> journey that's important because if you never went through that, and you know, you, you would never be able to, you know, you, you wouldn't look back on it and be like, I'm happy I experienced that and mm-hmm. I learned from that. Oh, so happy. Exactly. And I took, you know, these things and it's a, it's a part of who you are today that you experienced it. And that's the beauty of everything in life is because you get to go on the next day and maybe you won't figure it out that, that week, that month, that year. But at some point in your life, you may it may be random. You'll look back and be like, why did I do that? And your thought process will start going. And you can pull from those moments exactly. too. Like in your day-to-day, you can pull from those moments where you learn those mm-hmm. Those specific specific things. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely. It's that's that's just that's one of the things I I, I just love about existing. It's like is the journey. Like, oh I, man, yeah, it's I the best to, part. I get to go like go through life and experience things. Like at some point, I was in my dad's. You know what I'm saying? It was millions of us, and I won that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm that guy. Yeah, <laughs> and you just get to you literally. You know, if you're a conscious person who wants to improve your yeah. life, you can literally. Almost play a game, yeah, in I, some sorts for sure. Because I would say for me, sports wasn't like it wasn't that it took my confidence, but it helped eliminate my nerves. Like by my senior year, I was no longer like a nervous wreck. Because you're performing. Yeah. So like, it's like 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 Mike Tyson. You know, he said, every day building up to my fight, I was afraid, but when I stepped in the ring, no one could touch me. You know, and that's kind of what that's what that's what it felt like for me. You see, I done it a million times. I don't I don't know if that's why he felt that way. I think I, I maybe be, I think it was like the training or whatever he said, but something once he gets in like once this, once he touches the stage to you know once he gets in that ring, it's like everything just comes together. Mm, like preparation. Yeah. In the event, yeah. So everything he did building up to it, though he hated it, he understood it was necessary to be great. Like Dante said, how he he said, I probably appreciate the shit I went through. Like the the journey is extremely important. Yeah. Just with everything, like you. And you have to be uh, self reflective enough to actually think about it while you're going through it. Mm-hmm. You can't just, you know, live life and not you know reflect on the things that are going on because the journey is extremely important yeah. in growing. Like you learn you learn the most from your mistakes. Exactly, and you need somebody. I like you need somebody to talk to, despite what anybody may think. I'm, you definitely need someone in your life to that you can go to and be like, "I did this. I messed up here," and they'll be like, "You did, but here's what we could probably do to improve on that." And that's why that's why that's why sports are so awesome and important because you're already given that in the form of the coach. Mm-hmm. Then you maybe you start talking to other players. Now you're expanding socially, and like even let's say you're an adult and you never had that experience before. You're in a relationship, and now you you know you don't know how to communicate to your partner. Feedback, exactly about your favorites, or whatever, because it's always been to yourself. So when you, as you're messing up and things are going down, you start to lose faith in yourself. You fall into depression. You never express. Relationships going downhill. There's just just sports is like one of those kind of subliminal ways that you don't even know you did that kind of helps you with that. You didn't know you did that mental yeah. work. Until like way late, you actually might, you maybe never realize it. Yeah, exactly. Because I hadn't even thought about that way until you just said that. <laughs> so, so fuck, <laughs> I didn't even. No, but I think, 
You said something super important. You said like, well, to the opposite of what you said, how if you never had those experiences, then you can't share, you you bottle everything up like in a relationship like that. Uh, I think when you are good or when you have that person that gives you feedback Mm -hmm. is like, like you said, it's like a coach. Like you need somebody that's like, that will betray you right in front of your face. Like honestly, like like whenever like uh, how do like if when me and Roy are somewhere right, and someone's talking, she'll just she'll betray me immediately upon someone saying something that she believes. <laughs> I'm. What do you mean? Like it's funny. like like it's subtle, but it's funny. Like they be like, <laughs> like for example, uh, what's a really really great one? Like they be like they be like, Don, you can't work on time, and I'd be like, I'd be like. I'm like, yeah, I can't work on time. Why you doubt me? And they be like, nah, because last week. <laughs> and then Roy be like, that is true. You did come in late last. Oh, <laughs> so it really sinks in. Yeah, yeah. This year. Like, but it's like if your girl noticed what you did, yeah. Then but yeah. It's, it's in a joking manner. You oh, know, yeah. it's not, nothing too serious for you. Mm-hmm. But it's always nice to have some honesty there. But you gotta know how to digest it and not take everything so serious. Cause if you're with somebody like that, you might need to leave. <laughs> oh, someone like just roasting your shit all the time? Is that what you saying? Like, let's say not, but like, hopefully not. <laughs> hopefully not. I mean, unless you're, if you're going back and forth, you put on like, an outfit. They're just baking your shit every morning. That'd <laughs> <laughs> I, I I be a disaster. Oh my god. That was but so like, good. I mean, I mean more so like <laughs> stupid. <laughs> more so like. The other, like the person taking it in, the person being talked about. If you're with someone that cannot digest that properly, they just look when you go. When you guys are going home in the car. How could you say that? And you're like, oh no. <laughs> oh, you're saying like if you would, if you yeah. guys go to the car and you're like all pissed up. See, not that's a sign of a, of an insecure person. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think oftentimes people find themselves in relationships trying to kind of fix the other person. Mm. And I feel like that a lot of relationships fail because that person gets tired. Now the person that, that was trying to be fixed, you know, they were trying to work on, it's like, you know, that now now she's like, he or she's leaving. Like, I, I tried my best with you, da-da-da. And he's clingy, but he's he's, all, he's already showed he's insecure. You know, just, yeah, you gotta let that go. <laughs> that's, my, that's the best thing I can say about that. People, people want to improve, but they're not willing to do the work in, yeah. in taking feedback from everybody around them that gives mm-hmm. them truthful advice people that you actually value their opinion like so many people uh say they want honesty and opinions of the people that they trust and things like that but then like you said when they when they get that feedback mm-hmm. you know they get defensive and shit yeah. like that insecure that's not the way to be you know it's, uh, yeah if you, if you never i think it's hard for people that are like bullied though mm-hmm. it's definitely hard that shit was even hard for me to take honesty from people for a while but then i just realized after a while i'm like you need this shit or you can't like you say you can't just have a yes, yes man around you all the yeah, time telling yeah. you everything you're doing is good reminds me of Kanye huh? <laughs> Kanye <laughs> when oh, Jay, sway? Jay Cole and Kanye thing where uh, Jay Cole was talking to Kanye he was like, talking about how Kanye was talking to him and he was like tell me give me the truth man I need it I love that shit <laughs> like yeah calm down <laughs> I'm telling you <laughs> yeah relax <laughs> oh I thought you were talking about when Kanye was on Sway oh, yeah. you cannot give me any advice <laughs> <laughs> he said uh, didn't he say years later that Sway had the answers or something like that he, he said you don't have the answers I know in that moment but he said something positive years about later. Sway yeah Sway's got the answers he kind of did because he had his own brand too but mm-hmm. it just wasn't as big but I think he, they were think, but he Sway went through his own version of what Kanye went through, just on a smaller scale. But moving on. 
one of the things I wanted to discuss about like this overall arching topic we're talking about self confidence yeah. is it's important to get yourself to a place to where your limiting beliefs are no longer a factor. And what I mean by limiting beliefs is for fuck's sake, we have so many excuses as human beings that is freaking ridiculous. You know, an example could be, let's say, you know, there's bad weather outside and you could be telling yourself a million and one excuses to why you can't go to the gym today. You know, I can't drive in this shit, you know, there's so many excuses or maybe I'm a little sore from mm-hmm. yesterday's workout uh, or maybe it doesn't matter if I, you know, hit the gym or um, or let's say that you want to start a business and your excuse is, you know, man, this thing that I want to start probably won't make me any money or anything that's limiting you that you're constantly thinking about in your head that you think is a true opinion. Uh, you have to get to the place where those are ignored. And the only thing that matters is self-confidence. And, you know, it takes a lot of work, but it's very important you get to the place to where when you think of a goal or you think of something you want to achieve, the first thought that comes up isn't one of those excuses or isn't one of those limiting beliefs. Like, I can't do this because fill in the blank. The first thing and thought that should come into your head is um, how do I do this? How is this going to be done instead of why it can't, why it can't be done? Mm-hmm. Um, and... That's something that I think is extremely important in self-confidence. And it was extremely, extremely important to me when I was trying to pass my real estate test um, because they give you three or four times to pass. I was a horrible test taker, so my limiting belief was that I was not smart enough. I always thought I wasn't smart, you know, because of high school. I didn't really apply myself, things like that. So when it came time to do this, I'm thinking all the time, like, man, how could, you know, a kid like me, you know, two point some GPA in high school, how could how could a kid like me, you know, pass this shit? Um, you know, I'm not a good test taker. I'm not smart. Um, not organized, you know, all this shit. Then it got even deeper because I was so scared of the test. Now I'm thinking, oh, do I even want to do real estate? You know, am I good you know, uh, am I good with people? Am I good? So this shit just keeps like growing like a toxin. Mm. Um, so I failed the first test, first time. Now these thoughts increased. Not a good test taker. I'm not educated. I'm not this. I'm not that. Failed the second time. Am I ever gonna pass? You know, still a shit test taker. Um, you know, how is this even you know gonna work for me? Um, when it came time for the third test, I said okay. You have to eliminate the possibility that failing is even in the question. Mm-hmm. You put all this time in, and at the time, after I failed the two tests, my dad had the heart surgery, mm. so that delayed me a little bit. And um, even then, you know, that brought up more emotions and things like that. But when it came time for the third test, uh. I completely eliminated any thought of failing. That wasn't even, bro, when I tell you like how confident I was, I was more confident I've ever been in anything in my life. I would sit in my room every morning and visualize exactly what the room looked like because I already been in there two fucking times. I knew exactly what it looked like because I failed it. I would envision what the guy, the test taker said to me. Um, I envisioned the score I was going to get, um, 
I envisioned how long it was going to take me to take the test, you know, how I was feeling that day, what I was going to do in the morning. And slowly I started to realize, like, this is what you have to do for everything. You, you can't leave any possibility for failure with anything. So once I get through this, carry this aspect into everything. So then sure enough, I go there the third time. And almost everything was to a T how I imagined in my head. Mm. I even imagined which door. So the first two times I took it, the proctor that gave me the test, he would walk in through a certain door. So for some reason, I envisioned him walking through a different door. And then when he came in that day, the only thing that was different about what I imagined is he came through the same door. I was like, fuck. I was like, am I not going to pass now? <laughs> and then, anyway, but, uh, you know, I walk in. I I did the test in the exact amount of time that I knew it was going to finish. I fucking, man, I, I knew I was going to pass. And I told him, I told him, uh, you got to tell me the test score, like, ASAP. There's people in there. And uh, he's like, all right, let me, let me print it out. Uh, he's like, actually, I can't print it out, but uh, not quite yet. Um, but I can tell you what it is, and then I'll print it out after. I'm like, okay. And then he's, like, conversating with somebody. He turns over his shoulder, looks at me. He's like, you passed. And then he keeps talking to her, and I'm like, you said what? I was like, what, what was that? He's like, oh, you passed, man. And then, dude, I sort of got all the emotions in my head. I said, I said, get the f-. I, I started cursing. Everybody's taking a test on me. <laughs> I said... So what the fuck are you talking about? I got hyped. Like, fuck are you talking about? He said, you passed, man. <laughs> he was like this real cool, like kind of like hippie kind of guy. So he had a real cool vibe to him. And that, how he said, you passed, man. Oh my God, and, man. And I said, I said, fuck you. I said, did I really fucking pass this test? I said, holy shit. Holy shit. I said, are you are you telling me the truth? I said, if you're fucking lying, I swear to God. And he's like, he's like you passed here bro it was like it was every emotion man and it was it was not even about the damn test at that point it was about me overcoming them feelings of being some dumbass you know that could never do good in school and all this shit and it was like man you finally overcame this and you 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 ain't no dumbass no more (laughs) so i ran out i ran out the the room freaking i was like I was like, thank you so much. I was like, fuck yeah. I'm like cursing as I'm walking out the door. Ran up, went out the car. Sydney was waiting for me. Put the test up on the door. And I swear to God, I heard like music in my fucking head. Dude. Yeah. But that's why it's important to always believe in yourself and eliminate any type of emotion of negativity towards your goals. <laughs> it's funny because <laughs> my, my man was like, hey, yo, man. Calm. Like he was trying to calm you down. It's like with his demeanor, but not telling you to calm down. <laughs> yeah, no, don't calm someone down in that state of mind. Yeah, he was not trying to get too much into it, but he was happy for me. Mm-hmm. He had seen me enough times. He wanted me the fuck out of there. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That's dope. I love that. I love that. I had never told you that story before. No, no, no. You how I even it. passed it? Yeah, it was it was a big thing, and it was like all the emotions with my dad and everything, because the way that went down was not, it was not good. You know mm-hmm. how everything went down, and then I mean now he's better, but. You know, it's just all the, those emotions and everything like that just was ended with that one thing. So, uh, would you rather for this episode? <laughs> I, I, it's an idea I got from the internet, <laughs> but um, so would you would you rather do ten years? No, let's say okay, let's lower. Let's start off with saying okay, 
Would you rather do three years or watch your girl? Three years what? Three years in jail. Okay. Or watch your girl have sex with somebody else. <laughs> mm. I'm going to jail. <laughs> I'm not sitting through that. I'm doing my I'm doing my three and coming home. Yeah. Men- mentally stable. <laughs> I'm doing three. All right, hold on. Hold on. Are you increasing the stakes? <laughs> no, no. We're gonna up it to seven years. Or watch your girl have sex with somebody else. And you and you gotta be present. <laughs> nah. <laughs> you gotta not be, like a YouTube video? Like, you're, you're, there, there? you're in person. Oh, dude. They're doing it. You're like you're like look like you know how they do the um investigations? Like when you in when you're uh getting what is it called? Interrogated by the police, glass window, you're oh, right. you're on the other <laughs> side. <laughs> And they're doing it. You're on the intercom. <laughs> you saying shit? She hey, look, hey. She doesn't like that. That's <laughs> <laughs> <is> fucking stupid. <laughs> oh no, man! I'd still do the seven years. You gonna keep up in the stakes? First, for me, that's seven too many. <laughs> hey, power. You to just you. did three. You know, you're out in six. Good behavior. I don't know how jail works. I mean, okay, yes, if it's not, ideally, it's yeah, it's possible you could request, but moving on. <laughs> so now we're opening it to 10 years. 10 years? You love that girl that much? <laughs> 10 years. Think about it. 10. Good behavior ain't gonna make this one any better. <laughs> I still might do the time, bro. Hell no, because I'm giving number three. <laughs> <laughs> Look, get uh, her. She's yours. I'm going to go. <laughs> yeah, so before we close it out, well, two things before we close. Go ahead. No, you're good. You're good. So two things before we close it out. <laughs> number one thing, before we actually uh, recorded this outro, we talked about how we only said on season one, <laughs> that we were gonna do the yeah, we were gonna bail. <laughs> yeah, we were gonna bail on everybody. Um, so we'll still continue them if we decide to not. Uh, mind your own fucking business. Because um, uh, with the with the interview May seventeenth, yeah. how are we gonna ask that man to do it? Would you rather like that? Oh, easy, easy. It could you? It could be um, you know playful, silly. I would say it could be serious, but also like he he. Can, I'm sure he can turn it into something depending mm-hmm. on how we word it. It could be like this city, this, this, and that, or this town. Mm. We'll, we'll find a great we'll, question yeah, for you. It'd be fire. Yeah. Um, the other thing, we're interested in taking call-ins for the next episode or the next coming episodes. We'll mm. do one once we have like a lot of suitors. Um, and you can talk about, I think, how we'd best benefit from call-ins mm. is someone having an issue in their life. Uh Maybe like a self-improvement thing, you know, they need help with or like some type of thing. I mean, we're no freaking therapists or nothing, but. Oh, definitely not. But. uh you know I mean? Because I'm petty sometimes. <laughs> but, you know, we'd love to offer our input on maybe how you can better the situation. Or if you're telling us about a story that you think is great, you know, that would share some valuable content to the mm-hmm. podcast. That would be great, too. Just, you know, call in with maybe some advice you need um, from two guys that should not be giving advice. Thank you for watching the Born Broke podcast, and yet again, Born Broke. Born Broke.